Who's there? Oh, it's me, PT Cubed, back with another episode in the new and improved once again studio. But this time when I say studio, I mean literally a studio. Uh, so it turns out my school decided to build a recording studio a couple months ago and not really tell anyone about it. And I'm really, really grateful that they did this for me. I know it was for me because, you know, what kind of coincidental timing. So I am literally in a studio right now, completely soundproofed. Um, you can hear that, but the people outside can't. Point is, I can be as loud and as obnoxious as I want to be in here. This is great. This is the future of the channel right here. I'm going to be coming in here probably for every episode now. I can record on the weekend. No one's at school, you know, except for the weirdos that study. And this would be the perfect place to do my guest speaker episodes. I mean, you can hear everything. I need to be like really, really careful not to like call for burp or, you know, anything like that. It's going to pick it up. But welcome back. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. Whenever you're watching, so glad to have you. Thank you so much for the engagement on the last two episodes. We are soaring right now. We got like 2K views, plays, whatever. Can't believe that. Really awesome. So let's keep that up. Share the podcast if you like it. Uh, you can always drop a like on the channel. Really helps get new engagement. But welcome back. Glad you're here. And I encourage you all to open up your eyes, your ears, your minds, your hearts, all that stuff. Every every sense. You know, we were talking about how perception isn't just hearing or seeing. Open it all up. Because what we're going to be talking on here involves more than simply listening. You know, I want you to walk away from each episode with new questions, new solutions for yourself. And we're going to ask some difficult questions, dig into topics, ignored, brushed over. They surface some deep conflict. You know, it's a necessary step. Introspection cannot be overlooked. So buckle in and join me as we begin to assess our thoughts, emotions, and actions and learn how to develop a relationship with our own mind through introspection, reflection, which serve as the core foundation in our journey to improving our quality of life. You are listening to the PT Cube podcast live from the not so budget anymore, not so bedroom anymore studio. Let's go. All right, guys. So let's try to break this down into chunks here so it's a little easier to understand and flow. Because once again, like many topics on this channel, it's very easy to just make statements that don't have any substance. You know, I could tell you, hey, saying no isn't easy, but you should do it more. Well, again, why and how, not just what. So first, let's start with why you should say no. Um, and I don't mean just say no to anything, you know, like we're not just throwing around no's to be different and to, you know, cause conflict for no reason. I'm talking like in those moments when you're offered something or you're asked to go somewhere or do something or maybe handed a substance that you really don't want to be smoking, but someone insists that you, you know, hey, you should smoke this. Um, it could be anything. In that moment, when you truly in your heart don't want to say yes, say no. Because just like everything else, just like developing habits, developing, you know, or getting rid of bad habits, you have to consistently do the same thing over and over and over to actually create that instinctual like response you know so maybe the first 50 times you say no to something you don't actually mean no like deep down you mean no but on the surface you're like oh man you know i really i really want to do that or it would be so easy to just say yes and do what everyone else in the room is doing right now you know you go to a party or a social gathering or something everyone's drinking and um, you know, I just want to preface this by saying there's nothing there's nothing wrong in moderation, you know, drinking, having fun, doing stuff like that. That's fine as long, you know, if you're of age. Um, but the point is, 
in those moments when you don't want to, don't do it just because everyone around you is doing it. That that fundamentally removes your identity. That removes your ability to be yourself. And when you continuously reinforce actions like that, further and further you stray from your true self. When you're constantly making decisions based on what you think is socially acceptable or what's going on around you or what's going to appease other people, you're not serving yourself. You're not building up a relationship with yourself. You're doing quite the opposite. You are losing that identity that makes you, you. Because in that moment, if you're sitting there and you, you don't actually feel drawn into what's happening or you don't resonate with the things that are going on around you and you, or you just simply don't, maybe it's not even like a bad thing. Like maybe you just didn't want to go fishing that day and you know, your buddy offered you to go fishing, but you're one of those people pleasers. We got, we got a lot of those out there, right? Yeah. Raise your hand. Yeah, that's me. My hand's raised. You can't see it, but, um, I like to serve other people. Like I've said many times and sometimes I can be very self-destructive. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of you feel that because when you start thinking about all the times that you've, you've given up on things that you want to do or you've you've replaced them with things that other people want to do to make them happy, you're losing identity. And, you know, it's not it's not a minor thing. It's something that we need to pay attention to. And of course, you know, you want to help other people. You want to make other people happy. But with no personal gain, I mean, it's not selfish to want good things for yourself. It's not selfish to look after yourself. And, you know, valuable friendships are ones that they, they provide purpose. They, they give back. Valuable interactions are ones in which both people walk away having gained something or, you know, not being pressured into something. And this all starts with self-awareness and that identity that I'm talking about. Because for me, when I realized how overly kind and helpful I am to everyone around me, it started to make a lot more sense why I was getting taken advantage of constantly. And all those reinforced actions that I self-imposed, I did it to myself constantly just ditching all the things that I wanted to do and saying yes to things that other people wanted to do or other, you know, things that people wanted me to have or, or be, or fundamentally changing myself to meet the standards of other people of what they wanted out of me. That is losing your identity. And eventually I realized that the only way, the only path back to me is the word no. So let's talk about that word no. No, I don't want to. No, I'm good. No, I think I'll pass. No, that's a really shitty idea. These are just a few examples of how you can use the word no. Now, why is no viewed so negatively? Well, probably because the dictionary definition of no is to be used as a function word to express the negative of an alternative choice or possibility. Negative. Right away, we see the word negative. We also see uh, negation, dissent, denial, refusal. Um, a lot of negative words. A lot of synonyms for negative or, or no, you know? So while it may be negative by definition in terms of it's not a positive affirmation, you're not affirming, yes, let's do something, because that, that would be the word yes, not the word no. Just because it's the opposite of yes does not mean that it's, it's bad. Opposite is not bad. You know, an antonym doesn't mean something's bad. Um, yes doesn't necessarily mean good. The word yes has caused so much trouble in this world, you know? Uh, saying yes to something that you don't want to do or that's not a good idea, it causes um, dissent into 
drug abuse, drug addiction, um, literally actions that have caused people to die because they had that, like, you know, full send attitude of some really stupid physical feat that clearly didn't work and now they're dead. You know, there's a lot of ways, a lot of examples I could ramble on about how yes has caused trouble in this world. So let's not associate right off the bat, yes is not good and no is not bad. Either can be either. So now that we have that cleared up, what is the good of no? Well, let's start anecdotally here again. So when I started learning to use the word no, um, funny enough, I immediately started losing some people in my life. And you may look at that immediately as negative, but is it negative? Because we'll get to that. We'll get back around to that. I don't think it's negative. I think it was probably one of the best positives of my life. But no, to me, is a filter. And if we don't have a filter in our lives, anything gets through. You know, um, <laughs> recently in, in class, we were learning about renal failure. And you've got your, your, your kidneys and your nephrons and your glomerulus. And if you don't know what these words are, it doesn't matter. Basically, just know the glomerulus is like a bouncer. Okay. And if my classmates are listening to this, they're probably going to laugh, but it's a bouncer that keeps out unwanted items, filters ones that need to go and keeps the good stuff in your body is basically all you need to know down on a tiny little level in the, in the renal system. That's what's happening. And if that's not happening, you simply put, you die. Eventually you're going to, you're going to die or be seriously not good um so no is actually in my mind the glomerulus the the bouncer it's the bouncer of your life it is what keeps the good in and the bad out the good and the bad are not no and yes the good and the bad sorry the good and the bad are what comes from those no and yes responses so let's separate that right away now what has saying no done for me well I think that first and foremost, it's an important step of creating a group of people in your life that truly belong. And in relation to that last episode that I had about, you know, that last point we made, uh, Miyamoto Musashi, when he says, do nothing that is of no use. Um, that's a, a, a pretty, pretty strong lead into the word no, because you're going to be doing a lot of things of no use if you say yes to everything. You need to critically analyze everything that you do everything and that might sound exhausting but it's really not it just means being self-aware and there's going to be so many times when i mean i really hope you're starting from episode one here because i'm laying down some foundation and we're going to always come back to it self-awareness and reflection and introspection are always the core of the topics that we're talking about here don't waste your time spewing into outlets that just blast away and never come back to you to refeed you make relationships assess the relationships and only maintain the ones that you feel are feeding you in the same way that you're feeding them. If you're not getting anything from relationships with people, and I don't mean like physical gain or anything like that. I mean, if you do not feel fulfilled, you do not feel respected, you do not feel that you are being held in a, in a status that is worth what you are worth when you're treating the other person in that manner, don't waste your time with these relationships, these conversations, these Again, I said this in the previous episode, but what is the point of things like gossiping, you know, spending hours of your day talking about other people and their actions? What is that going to do? That doesn't change anything. You've literally just given that person a spotlight in your brain. People like to say, uh, what's the saying? Like no rent or something like 
in my mind, like they're paying no, I don't know. I don't even know. You know what I'm saying? You are allowing that person or that thing or that idea to encompass your entire mind and drive you crazy for the whole day when you can't control that. It is out of your control. Say no to things that you cannot control. Say no to the thoughts that you cannot control when they stem from things that you, you have no control over. Stop gossiping about people. You know, stop making other people's business your business. It's a waste of time. It does no good. It is literally something that is of no use. So, I think that this is super applicable to everyone's life. And that's why I chose this topic today because it doesn't matter if we're, you know, we can get on the topic of fitness, we can get on the topic of, of medical, you know, person, or physical therapy. You know, I already brought in the stupid renal example, but it doesn't matter. I mean, this is, this is such a foundational core of your life that will change the way that you operate no matter what. That's why I think it's important. You don't need to be a certain type of person for this to pertain to you. I think that it's finding a balance somewhere between knowing your worth and being humble and also think, thinking too highly of yourself and being arrogant. You need to find a place between those two places because if you don't value yourself enough, too often, you know, in these, in these pursuits of stoicism and philosophy, we, we, we get in this mindset of like, I have to stay so humble that I just don't even acknowledge any of my own wins. You know, like I'm, no longer does anything I do actually matter. I'm just here to to do right and never be recognized for it. No, you should be recognized for it because you are one of the few doing things the right way. And you're making the world a better place very, very slowly but steadily. So you need to have high standards. You need to first work on yourself and become a person who deserves to have high standards. But then please, for the love of God, enforce those high standards. You know, you live the life of someone who deserves to have high standards and then make sure you're actually as valuable as you say you are. But once you know that, I mean, of course, you know, reflect that in who you offer your time to. And I think that once people see that you're capable of saying no and see how much you value your time and the life that you've built for yourself, they're going to do one of two things. They're going to ditch you because they can't keep emptying your cup to fill theirs. And in that case, you just filtered out a parasite that was not a mutually beneficial relationship. That's number one. Number two, they're going to respect you even more than they already did and admire your ability to make difficult decisions. And they're going to give you the patience and grace to work with your priorities and find another way or another time. And I found that the people I've said no to repeatedly that did stick around and weren't those number ones that, you know, that, that stayed, didn't get filtered out, my filter let them through. Those are the people that now treat me with the utmost respect and give so much back to our friendship. And I value those relationships more than anything because maybe they didn't start out so smoothly, but that doesn't matter. It's the fact that through repeated establishment of my own identity, those people did not leave my side. Instead, they chose to just slightly alter their perspective and move on happily and accept me for who I am. And those are the people that you need in your life. Now let's talk about a concept that I previously brought up, but want to elaborate on a little further. So let's talk about planting seeds in other people's minds. You need to realize that no matter how much you try to externally fire away your energy at other people and preach your philosophy and, you know, whatever your moral code, your religious identity is, it doesn't matter. Going around and preaching that to other people that are not asking for it, you're wasting your energy. 
you need to be what you say you are. You need to embody your philosophy. You need to embody your moral code because that's what gets people asking questions. The best way to influence other people is by establishing your code, like we talked about in the last episode. What is you know what is your code? What is your guiding principles? What is the framework of the person that you are? What do you hold yourself accountable for? Once you've established that, and once you begin to embody that, people are going to see that because there there are not a lot of people living their life that way in this world. So once you have that, it's going to start sparking questions in people's minds. And the best way to influence people is by them coming to you, not you pushing your ideals on them. They're going to they're going to be curious, you know? And I'm going to give an anecdotal example here, you know, and this is again no judgment whatsoever. I don't want anything that I say to come across as like as if I'm judging the people that do the things that I'm saying I don't do anymore. The whole lesson here is the concept of identity, not any specifics of the story that I'm telling. So it became clear to me years ago, back in high school, um, when I was the only person who decided to quit vaping pretty much out of everyone that I knew, you know, there was like a solid year there where it became a, a big thing, a big trend, uh, like a fad, you know, and everyone had their own, their jewel and their, their vape, whatever, everyone at school had one. So Back then, I didn't have an identity. I did not have an identity. I just did whatever everyone else did. So I I went and I got one myself. And eventually, I started to realize, like, one, I don't like how this makes me feel. Two, I don't even use this thing when I'm not with my friends. You know, I I don't actually enjoy this, and I don't like that I'm wasting my money on it. And three, um... Like, again, no judgment, but like, there's nothing good to come out of using these, you know, nicotine products that just, sorry, I mean... I'm a healthcare person. I have to advise that you don't do that. But if you do, not judging you. Um, so anyway, I'm the only person that I know that decided to quit, uh, mainly for purpose of identity, but also for you know future health concerns. And for literally years, every single place I went to, every social interaction, every hangout, you know, every all through high school, all through college, every single person in every room that I was in was always vaping right in front of me, and you know, not that they didn't even know that I quit most of them and they would offer it to me. And I would just say, I didn't make a big deal out of it. It's just, Hey, no, I'm good, man. It was so difficult for me for probably at least a year or two to sit in the room with the thing that I had pretty much knowingly become addicted to. And that was another reason why I got rid of it. Cause I was like, wow, I am way too reliant on this thing. You know, it's, it's taken over my mental like fortitude. And w- when you're, stuck there surrounded by the thing that's tempting you it is the ultimate challenge to be able to sit there and say no and like i said you know you say no so many times when you really want to say yes that eventually you actually mean no and that's not something that you can like scale or actually really notice like it's you're not just going to have this like timeline of oh yeah you know after 50 no's you'll mean you'll mean it for me it was just like a, a sudden realization this one time i said no where i was like wow Um, I actually don't want that at all. And I'm making a lesson out of this because not that it has, you know, the vape thing really is not even relevant. It's the fact that in that moment, I learned the lesson of if I truly stick to my identity over and over and over, even in the most difficult situations where, you know, most people would cave and just, oh, you know, it's it's social drinking or it's social vaping or, you know, I, I hear so many people say like, I only do X, Y, Z when I'm in whatever place with whatever friends. Like, it's not a big deal. Just it only happens then. 
Well, it is a big deal because, I mean, you hang out with those people a lot, right? And you're constantly reinforcing that behavior when you don't really want to be doing it. So try being true to yourself and try repeatedly being true to yourself until you are actually instinctually true to yourself. That's what I learned. And, you know, it, it became the same thing with, with weed for me. And uh, me personally, I've just never had any good experiences with it. So I haven't, you know, I haven't smoked in like the last who knows how many years. And again, after saying no so many times when, you know, every now and then I wanted to say yes and hey, maybe it'll be different this time. It's like, it's one of those things where I recognize that it's just not necessary in my life. It doesn't do me any extra good. And I know it does good for a lot of other people. Um, by the way, there are many medical uses for that now that we're actually learning about in PT school. So if you use that and it helps you, that is great. And again, no judgment passed. But for me, it was just one of those things where it's like, why add on something to my life that doesn't bring any value to it? And it's it's the lesson that I'm getting at here. It's the saying no and becoming okay with saying no, not feeling judged by everyone else around you. And every time I feel pressure to say yes to something, I always just remember how those times made me feel and how powerful I felt in my conviction, even for the most simple things like, no, nah, man, I'm good. I'm not going to smoke tonight. Or no, nah, man, I'm good. Like, I don't really vape anymore. Because you get that side eye from everyone, you know, like the, what's up with this guy? Like, he's no fun. But you're advocating for yourself. You're being your own person. That's identity. That is the core of being you. And that's when the relationship with yourself with yourself really starts because you need to do these things and be assertive and, you know, have, again, my classmates are going to laugh. You guys won't get this, but have courage in your conviction. It's such a true statement. You know, if you can't stand by your own ideals and you can't, you, you can go around talk the talk all you want, but if you can't walk the walk of your talk, you're, you're not you. You're just talking about a you that you want to be and you're not being that you. So, Again, remove the subject of all the stories that I just told, bend it to whatever thing that you want, whatever works for you. The whole purpose of what I'm saying is you need to establish identity and you need to learn to say no at the appropriate times when you don't want to say yes, even if it's uncomfortable. It's just like how you have to be the best at your worst. Maybe that, that, that's, that's a perfect example of being the best at your worst. For you, you're being the best for yourself. At the worst, most difficult times, you were able to stay true to what you believe in when under the most heavy amount of pressure. So, of course, it's going to be easy when you're not under pressure to not make those decisions. So, you've said no, and you've planted the seed in other people's heads now. And what do I mean by that? Well, I think people are more confused about a person in today's day and age that's content by simply sitting there with a voice in their head that they've come to appreciate and love rather than being that person that, you know, sits around indulging in material things and substances and scrolling through dating apps all day. And, you know, someone's always watching you. That's a really good thing to keep in mind. Someone is always watching, observing, perceiving you. It doesn't matter who, just know that there's always a pair of eyes on you and not in like a, you know, you're not being spied on, but you're being observed in the same way that you observe everyone around you. You know, people always like to say, yeah, I enjoy people watching. Well, why do you enjoy people watching? Because you get to see a ton of different personalities, a ton of different habits, a ton of different actions. It's, it's literally sitting there and observing human nature. 
and all the different, you know, pros and cons and flaws and ideals and everything that makes people people, you get to see that expressed differently through every person that you sit and observe. So remember that you're being observed. And why is that important? Well, you know, integrity, like that dumbass poster in every middle school teacher's classroom and the integrity is doing the same thing always, even when someone's not watching, like, you know, being true to yourself. Well, we laugh at those, you know, definition posters like courage and leadership, you know, that kind of stuff. But there really is substance behind those. And I'm glad that they're up there because they at least make you think about what that is. And you might not understand till you get older, like how important integrity truly is. But once you start making these realizations and you start, you know, acting for yourself, uh, serving yourself, and of course, while keeping others in mind, but not while prioritizing others, you know, it is not selfish to serve yourself. You, you guys need to start realizing that. Like, you are not doing other people a disservice by doing what is best for you. And if it is interpreted that way by them and they're offended by you looking out for yourself, you need to remember, and this is a message to everybody, everyone is looking out for their own best interest. That is the core of life, is that while I might really care about all you guys, the number one priority is my success. And every single one of you, that should be the exact same ideal for you because that's what we're doing. We're living our life. We're not living you know, John Smith's life down the road where this is our life and you should serve yourself. So do not think of anything that you do to better yourself as selfish and do not let anyone ever make you feel like you're doing them a disservice by choosing something that you know is best for yourself. That's going to better you that they don't necessarily like or align with. And you can embody this by allowing people to all be their own person, because if you're going to ask for that acceptance from other people, and you're going to expect that from your friends, your true friends, and you need to do that for other people too. Because this isn't a one-sided relationship here. This isn't just a, a you get to reap all the benefits of you know, other people being mindful of you and your wants. You need to do the same for other people. So when you have friends that tell you, hey, man, I can't hang out tonight, like I'm working on something, or like, hey, I'm not feeling great. I just want some time to myself. And when, especially when friends ask for time to themselves, do not take it personal. Unless they literally tell you, hey, you're annoying the living shit out of me and I don't want to see you today. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not personal unless they make it personal. So don't take things as some kind of shot at you if they're not actually a shot at you. You know, sometimes people just need alone time. Not sometimes, they should have alone time. I preach this like crazy. You need to be okay with sitting by yourself for hours and, and just being okay with that. Being okay with the thoughts, letting them flow, you know, I like to think of everything as like a wave. Let thoughts come, okay? Think about them. Feel them. People like to skip this step. Feel them. Um, those of you guys who say that crying is weak and feeling emotions is weak, um, you're skipping an entire step of what it means to be a man. You want to be a man? Feel your emotions. Um, sit there and cry about the things that make you upset. Do it in private if you have to. But you felt that, and now it's past you. When you let things build up and you bottle things up, you end up acting on other people in a way that you should not because you were not brave enough to address it yourself and, and nip it at the root. So feel, then reflect, and then act. Because if you don't do things in this order, think, feel, reflect, act, and you just go straight from think to act or even feel to act, 
You're doing yourself a huge disservice and you're going to hurt a lot of people around you. You can spare so many people the trouble and the volatile nature of all your emotions by simply feeling them. Alone time. Say no to plans sometimes to spend time with yourself. You have to establish a relationship with yourself. You have to be okay with accepting negative thoughts and emotions and instead of acting on them, just feel them. Understand why you're feeling them. What led you to that emotion? Okay, was it something you can control? No? Okay, next. You know, start familiarizing yourself with identifying what is in and what is not in your control. If my voice keeps cracking, I'm going to lose it. If you continue to do the things that matter and create a lasting impression on people, when they realize that you're genuinely the same person everywhere you go, and it, you know, maybe it doesn't flat out inspire them, it'll certainly generate questions. That's what I mean by plant the seed. Maybe they'll ask you, maybe they'll ask themselves. Either way, you just planted seeds for someone to begin their own self-assessment. Okay? And that is a gold mine to people. They don't realize it in the moment, but you can be that person that inspires change in other people without even saying anything. And that's why I'm saying don't go around to your friends. You know, people change and you need to accept change. Change is growth and growth is necessary. You want to be the same person your whole life? Don't change. Perfect. You're never getting, that's it. You're stuck. If you want to go anywhere, you have to fundamentally change the way you do things. We also talked about that. So why is that important? Um, you need to allow people the chance to change. You can't expect it to happen immediately overnight. And you can do that by planting these seeds, giving people things to think about, and not pressing your ideals on them verbally. If you attack them with things up front, people will get defensive. They like to deflect. They will not accept it for what it is at first, but they will think about it. So instead of pressing people with stuff, just act in the way that you wish that other people would act and be content with that. Learn to be content with it. Learn to be happy. Eventually, you will be happy doing that because you're serving yourself. You're your own unique person. And at a certain point, no one can throw you off from that. You reach a certain point where you know that you're serving yourself and you know that everything you're doing is making you happy. So why would you go off the path that you've beaten? You know, you are a pioneer of your life at that point and no one else can tell you otherwise because you're happy. You're genuinely happy with the way that you do things. And people notice that. Those people that are observing you, that see you, they notice that. And maybe they don't understand why you're such a happy person all the time. For me, you know, before I got into this whole wave of overwhelming positivity and philosophy and everything, I had some friends that I just did not understand. I'm like, how are you always so happy all the time? And I wasn't brave enough to ask them or actually like, you know, go and ask the important questions. But guess what? They didn't press any other philosophy on me. They never came lecturing to me, telling me I was living my life wrong or anything. I just noticed it. I just noticed these people, they have their shit together. And I don't know how, but their life is so structured. It is so streamlined. They're so happy about everything. They're always trying new things. They're like, how, how did they get this way? That's where I was. And maybe that's something that a lot of you can relate to. You see someone and you wonder what drives them? What makes them so happy? Why are, you know, they seem like they got such a stick up their butt, yet they're so happy. They're so content. You just influence people through your actions. You didn't have to say anything. So, step one, build the identity. Step two, reflect and feel before you act. Step three, now that you have that relationship with yourself and you understand how to say no, and you've cultivated that, that true sense of what do I want to do and what do I not want to do? What is worth my time? What is not worth my time? What provides value? What doesn't? Then it becomes instinct. 
and you just start doing things that make you happy. And then other people see, oh, you're happy. Hmm. That's weird because you're not indulging in any material stuff and you're barely on social media. And I mean, you don't shop for everything that you see the moment that you see it. Like this person doesn't have anything. Why are they happy? Well, instead of looking for new things to obtain, try being happy and grateful for the things that you already have. Because once you reach a point when you are truly content and truly believe that what you have is worth everything, you don't need anything. You don't need anything. And once you reach that point, once you say no to all those things and say yes to the things that really provide value and meaning to your life, you are on top of the world. No one can throw you off at that point because you have it all figured out. You have yourself figured out. You don't need anything extra besides the basic needs, you know, and you're happy. And isn't that the goal? Just to be happy? It all starts with no. Just say no. So I'm going to dial it back here a little bit. If you want to just, you know, with me here, breathe in and breathe out. Some ASMR. Um, yeah, I just did that for me mainly, but it's good to do that every now and then. I get very passionate about topics like this because of how much it's done for me and how much it shaped me as a person and and led me to this place of calm and peace of mind and contentness with, I think that's a word, with myself. It, and it's just something that I, I want so badly for everyone to experience. You know, it's not like I'm in some high place, like acting like I'm I'm speaking on a throne to you guys. Like, it, it's just simply peace of mind. Like, I want everyone to be able to experience that. And it took so many years of trial and error for me to get to this point. And I'm, I'm not even near where I want to be. You know, there's still so many things that I'm personally working on with this journey. And part of my journey is, is literally documenting it here because everything that I say out loud and I listen to, it's like, I call it the mirror method. You know, this is why I talk so much. And this is why I love having friends that are willing, you know, to accept all that talking and listen to it and kind of regurgitate it to me because sometimes I just need to hear what I say out loud and then have it thrown back at me in a different perspective. Like I don't speak to my friends about things um, expecting them to have solutions that they're ready for me. I've just come to understand that my way of healing and my way of further understanding myself and developing that better relationship with myself is hearing things said out loud because I learn things about myself when I'm talking about my own mind. So um, maybe you want to call this podcast therapy for me. Maybe it is. Humans are Humans are social creatures. And ones that want to be accepted and respected by their peers. And uh, most people think that that's conforming to actions, you know, that's going to appease those other people. Well, real respect, in my opinion, comes from being the only person to say no and be content with what is. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's the only way that I can look at it at this point after so many trial and error, you know, trying to earn the respect of other people by being like them and by adopting you know their language and their their habits and doing things that they do even though i don't even enjoy them just because i want them to think i'm cool when you stop doing that and you stop caring about what other people think of you uh, they start caring about what you think of yourself so here's a quote for you you must reclaim the ability to abstain because within it is your clarity and self-control 
We must give up many things to which we are addicted, considering them to be good. Otherwise, courage will vanish, which should continuously be tested and test itself. Greatness of the soul will be lost, which can't stand out unless it disdains as petty what the mob regards as most desirable. What does that mean? By the way, that came from the Daily Stoic book um, by Ryan Holiday. If you don't have that, that is the best starting point I could possibly recommend to you. If you want to get into any of this mindset, reflection, stoicism, anything, it does not matter what you believe in. Go buy that book. I guarantee you day by day it will change your life. Anyway, the quote. What does that mean? Courage will vanish, which should continually test itself. Greatness of the soul will be lost, which can't stand out unless it disdains as petty. Disdains as petty what the mob regards as most desirable. Materialistic things. The mob desires as most, or I'm sorry, regards as most desirable. Um, all those things, all the, the social media, the, the toxic pumping of pursuit of materialistic things. You know, if you can look at that as petty and start looking within and stop dealing in, you know, worldly matters, you, there's just so much peace of mind to be found there. And if you can give up the things that you're addicted to, you know, it, it doesn't matter what the addiction is. I've also spoken on this before, like, People say, oh, the gym is a good addiction or like there are good addictions. There's not good addictions. Any addiction is a bad addiction. Um, habits, good habits, those are fine. Hobbies are fine. Addictions are not fine. It doesn't matter what you decide is good or bad. Maybe you have an addiction to running. You think that's good for you? No. An addiction to water isn't even good for you. You'll freaking die if you drink too much water. There's limits placed on everything for a reason. And you know, this is another thing I want to touch on, but like, if you're looking for your purpose and for me, I've already talked about things that I've struggled with on here. One of them is, is just simply waking up and having that courage to like get my ass out of bed when my first alarm goes off and start doing what we are meant to do as humans, which is work and serve this world. You know, you don't, you wake up and walk outside the ants are already working. The bees are already working. You know, everything in nature is already working and it doesn't question that it just does it by instinct. So why don't we do that? Why don't you get out of bed and immediately go to work? You know, there's a limit set on everything. There's a limit on, there's a reason we can't sleep 48 hours in a row. If you can, congratulations, you're an anomaly. You know, there's a reason why we can't drink so much, as much as we want, because, you know, you will literally die eventually. You keep eating, you'll die. Like, there are physical limits set on everything. You're meeting all the limits right now, but the work one is not being met. If you need any motivation, there it is. You know, you're not hitting your quota. If you have trouble getting out of bed, you have trouble committing to your goals and all these things that you want to do and saying no and everything, it all comes back to hit your quota. You know, we're humans in this world. We're meant to work. We are the same living creature as everything else. Start regarding that as more important. Ditch the material stuff. You know, you're not testing your courage. Is, is being comfortable in your bed and, you know, sleeping in an extra two hours and staying warm under your covers, is, is, that, is that growth? Is that challenge? Is that testing your courage? I don't think so. You know, do you consider yourself courageous for only hitting the snooze three times instead of four? And again, not speaking from a high place here. I am quite literally talking to myself right now. This is partly a pep talk to myself because this is stuff that I do that I cannot stand that I do. But after reading this stuff, it lit a fire under my ass and I wanted to light the same fire under all your asses. Get out of bed and start serving yourself and start hitting that work quota because you're hitting the quota on rest, but you're not hitting the quota on work. Earn the rest. 
and apply yourself in the places that matter. Do not waste your time. Say no. <laughs> Say no. I said I was going to calm down, but I'm ramped up again. Because, you know, I thought about it and I'm like, I have no courage and no self-control whatsoever. In so many different aspects of my life, I just allow things to happen because they keep happening. And that's just what I've come to know. You know, where's the self-control in that? You can take it as surface value for one thing that like I decided to abstain from doing. But for me, it has a profound mental effect on me. You know, in the, in the, in the same way that I suddenly decided I'm going to be a runner and realized it's just a matter of trusting my body and taming my mind. You can do so many things if you simply just apply yourself and say yes to the right things and no to the right things. Once you realize that you can live the exact same happy functional life that you lived with those things, but without them instead, in fact, probably way happier and more mentally stable, you, you're you never even going to want to give them time of day again. People, things, you know, material items, anything. Once you realize that you're okay without them and that you can function on a high level without them, you won't even think about them anymore. And it all starts with saying, no, I'm just going to keep coming back to that, you know? And the final point I want to touch on, you know, let's do an interlude real quick. Sorry, I just feel like you can't say in conclusion before you do a interlude to the conclusion. So this is, um, you're officially at the conclusion of this podcast. There we go. Last point I want to touch on. And this is just so critical to me. The closer we are to a breakthrough, the stronger old thought patterns return. This is a post I saw a week ago. Maybe those of you that are in my, um, my thought canvas channel, you probably saw me post on this. A thought is looking to survive. And the only way to do that is to reinforce itself in your brain. So, you know, of course, positive thoughts are going to do this and that's good. But negative thoughts are going to try in the same way to survive. And, you know, they're going to go last stand mode. They're going to get their death streak last stand, try to take a couple shots at you while you're not paying attention. You know, get back in the game. Shout out Call of Duty. But, you know, old habits are going to make their strongest efforts when you've almost shut them out. It's their last stand plead for survival. But this time you're self-aware and you can identify it as a voice that is not yours. You know, once you realize that you are not your bad habits and you have the ability to remove yourself from them, all it takes is bravery to repeatedly shut the door on them when they try to come wandering back in and knock. It's toxic old habits, literally pulling a death streak perk, trying to take a couple shots before they bleed out. That's how I think of it. You know, let them bleed out. You know, walk over there and just give them one last smack on the head, knock them out for good. They're gone. I value my pride very highly so i use that as a negotiation tactic to fight my temptation you know like i'm disgracing myself if i reset my progress after such a long streak of good behavior and um this is this is why i love duolingo and why it's such a valuable tool for me as a language learning you know uh, process because it's the concept of putting a streak in your face it reminds you of how important it is to keep the streak. They visualize it as a flame on that app, and you have to keep the flame burning. I've talked about a flame before. I'm sure you guys remember that, motivation, discipline. And I just see it as the exact same flame of discipline I talked about in my other episode. You know, one lesson or 50 lessons a day doesn't matter. You kept it burning. So when you're tempted by old habits, remember the fire of that streak you're on of saying no, how long you've been tending to that fire, how important that fire is to you. Are you really going to blow it out off of one moment of weakness, or are you going to you got to man, woman up, you know, buck up, 
you gotta, you got to do what needs to be done and make the right choice that you know for longevity is the right choice, not just to satisfy yourself in the moment. You've been doing it for so long. You've been doing so good. Don't lose your way so far down the road by that negative, shitty thought just trying to reinforce itself at the last second to stay alive. Once you value your own value, sorry, can't speak, your own moral code more than you value your own immediate gratification, there's nothing more freeing. You know, it's it's just how much how important is it to you? How important is this lifestyle to you? How much do you want it? You hear that all the time, you know? Like David Goggins, how bad do you want it? How what are you gonna do to make it happen? Like and, and he likes to get very aggressive on these topics, but it should be aggressive. It should be an aggressive pursuit of the best you. There's nothing calm about, you know, you're fighting a war here. Like the moment you, you decide to start working on yourself, it's a war. There's, it's not fun. There's nothing fun about introspection sometimes when you have to work on your own, your own downfalls, your own shortcomings. So embrace the suck and meet your quota at everything, you know, meet your quota at work, meet your quota at introspection, meet your quota at, don't just, don't just serve other people, serve yourself so that you can serve other people properly. And those are my closing remarks. I feel like once you figure that out, once you know what drives you and once you're able to stick to that and be an advocate for yourself, other people are going to see that and other people are going to want to be that way too. And maybe they won't at first, but they will eventually. Well, guys, um, I apologize if some parts of this episode went every which way. I I did plan, you know, some certain segments, but sometimes you just got to say what you got to say. So if this if this episode felt a little bit like a rant, well, it was. And it was a rant that needed to happen and that I, I really want to establish as a core foundation of this channel. You know, these these opening episodes, like while I may not be in my my season one content, whatever, you know, more of that to come. I I want to establish a guide, uh, something to always come back to. I want these these opening episodes to be something that you can always revisit and always re-implement into your life when you feel like you're you're losing your way a little bit. So, again... Yes, I, I know that a lot of this was probably seemed like it was all over the place, but there is structure in it in the sense of like you need to understand certain things before you can understand others. And I'm really glad that you guys stuck through, listened to all this. It, it really, it, it's just such important stuff. And once you start applying it, you're going to realize how, how freaking important it is and how much it's going to guide you in all the things that you choose to do. And it's, it's just going to make you, it's going to make you that person that you want to be. Everything that I talk about on this podcast, I'm trying to provide you tools to help work on yourself through things that have helped me. And I'm learning along the entire way with you. You know, this whole thing is going to be a learning process. And I'm going to look back on a lot of these episodes probably in a year or two and be like, what were you talking about? But it's still, it's important right now. So it's important to me. All that being said, thank you for listening. Uh, I know today's got very passionate and that's good because why talk about things if you don't have a passion behind it? You know, like the, the best topics that I'm going to present on this show are the ones that I have a that flame burning under my ass, just dying to talk about. So 
Today's was long. Today's was very intense. I hope you all got something out of it. Um, I probably am going to be dropping another episode next weekend to gap or bridge the, oh my God, I'm going to, to bridge the gap, haha, you know, between now and that, that first episode coming out, the season one, episode one, which by the way, is now going to be, I believe, February 5th, February 5th, because I changed it from five seasons to uh, three. It's going to be three seasons of eight episodes. So yeah, a lot of good stuff coming. Um, I, I think that this is a really, really good foundation for the channel. We, I, I cannot believe that we have an actual studio. Like, I'm literally sitting in a studio. I still haven't gotten over that. But I'm going to try to use this every Sunday to record. You know, plan my podcast throughout the week. Record on Sunday, post on Monday. So um, next week might be the last episode that comes out sporadically. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited, guys. Um, I, I, the more I do this, the more I realize that I, I, I really, truly love doing this. So thank you for listening. Um this is PT Cubed. It's PT Cubed podcast, man. Now, in a in a very very cool studio, not a budget bedroom studio anymore. PT Cube Studio, real studio. I hope you all have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening. PT Cubed out.